How was that? That was good. That was good. What are we doing? What are we doing, though? First I, of I, all, I think that kind of said it all, nom, right? Nom, 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 <gasps> nom, 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 that's the Marvel intro, intro theme. All On our movies. sound check, why would we do a Marvel intro theme? Bring back the movie? Defenders. On our sound check. Bring back Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil, maybe not the Defenders. No, the, the Defenders. The Defenders show was kind of sussy. No, but all of them. Sussy. No, but it's the whole entire team that you need to bring back. Luke Cage, they're not bringing him back. They might. They said no. Oh, they did? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure they did. I thought you said they wasn't. They weren't bringing Luke Cage back. As well as Jessica Jones. No. Was it Jessica Jones? Well, no, it was Daredevil, Iron they keep talking about bringing Daredevil. They're definitely talking about Kingpin, right? Punisher. Punisher is a, an iffy. I know the actor definitely wants to do it. Mm. John Barenthal. Good. Um, who else is out there? Iron Fist. Iron Fist, especially after what we're going to be talking about today probably should be in at least as a as a mm. cool team up right yeah maybe I mean, okay yeah maybe they have very similar flight paths true but one is one is naturally powered and the other one is artificially powered but they're both kind of op right artificially in a sense we'll talk about that as we talk about the thing right the, the differences powered. between that guy and the guy that we saw yesterday Right, the guy in the comics versus the guy puts Iron Fist to shame. He kind of does. He really <laughs> does. Lie. Well, listen to to be truthful, the Iron Fist show really suffered at the very beginning because you know the the lead was not given enough time to actually learn martial arts, and instead of kind of like sw- swapping him out for a stunt guy, they kept them in, and it was quite clear that. A master of martial arts, he was not, which mm-hmm. kind of which kind of set the whole Iron Fist character back, just because of that, right? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't believable in any sense. I hate to say it, at least in the fighting aspect of it. Maybe as the character, he was okay, but clearly there were people that were like co-characters, co-stars. Just regular enemies. That were clearly better than him in martial arts. Yeah. I hate to say it. And it showed. But anyway, um, this was supposed to be a sound check. Check are we are we checking? Sound check. Are we are we doing a checkered pass? <sighs> is this a checkmate? On checker running. GTA SA is coming. It really doesn't depend on that. Let's yes, cut it. Yes, it is, it is, it's coming. No, it doesn't depend on that at all. Yes. No. Sorry. You're done. Yes. What, just, what, just what did you say that? GTA. It, it doesn't matter what you're thinking. Oh, no, I just it doesn't matter right what there. you say. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter what, what you, you said. said. I just did the rock there, by the way. GTSA. Mm. 
Well, after that crazy sound check, all I have to say is welcome everybody to the Cross Gen Podcast. Who? Um, yes. Who? Who? What? Who? Where? Star Lord, man. <laughs> yes. See? Who? Star Lord, man. You don't remember that? Did that go over your head? No, it wouldn't have gone over your head because I'm too fast. I would catch it. Oh, oh, now you oh. don't know. Oh, Drax. Man. Drax. Oh, that was... Same movie? No, I thought that was... Uh, what's his name? No. Cor... Corhead. No, that's yeah, not the... Korath. No. Korath. Yeah. No, no, no. That was Drax. While he was talking Drax. to... While he was invisible, right? Wasn't he invisible? <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. And he, he was, was like, like, that went over your head. He was like, no, it can't. I'm too fast. I would catch it. Yes. Drax the God. Yes. He, he didn't get enough time. Anyway, guys, this is Walt. I am Groot. Oh, shit. <laughs> Come on, E. He got you with the Groot thing. You gotta you gotta you gotta surpass. I don't know. Or can't. Captain Eli. Yes. Yes. That is the best, Captain Eli. There you go. All right. Um, before we get started, because we are going to be, obviously, if you heard the intro, we're going to be talking about something Marvel Studios, right? We're going to be talking about the ladies. No, probably DC, actually. Yeah, DC, definitely. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Sorry, DC. You're, you're, still not, you're still not close to where Marvel Studios is. Nowhere. But they're taking steps, right? Some kind baby of. steps. Well, WW84 was really, really a huge and you, step backwards. <laughs> you know what? You know what's funny huge. about that? Literally, uh, not too long ago, I think it was like uh, two, three days ago, the WW84 commented uh, about streamed movies that they're fake movies. Oh but, yeah, Patty Patty Jenkins, the director. The director, that. but like uh, that movie that is came so... out on HBO Max. Yes. What? <laughs> Not to mention, WW eighty four came out on HBO Max. It was horrendous. Uh, streamed. It was also horrendous. Bro. Well, you know what? There are movies. I that... mean, look at Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I know. Those are real movies. Those are listen. Those are phenomenal the worst, movies. The worst Netflix movie I would say was better than WW eighty four. Yes, by leagues. I don't know. I agree with that. By no. leagues and by well, leagues. I'd rather watch the whole entire, entire Sharknado trilogy yes. than watch that. Yes. But you know what? That's, That's actually. You know what? I'd actually watch that over anything because that is the best thing ever. Yeah, I'll I'll put it to you this way: there are times where I'm in the movie theater. And I just want to walk out because the movie was so bad. WW84 has the singular accomplishment of me being home. And I want to walk out of my home because yes. it was so bad. Yes. So. I hate there it. There it is. That was horrendous. There it is. Zero. Sorry, Patty Jenkins. Absolute but zero. I loved your first Wonder Woman movie. And as much as I loved your first Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie, I disliked your Disliked. second, it was a disgrace. Wonder, Wonder Woman, disgrace movie. to all humanity. WW eighty four. You made a monster. You made a monster. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Um, we are talking about the super awesome newest uh, offering by 
Marvel Studios. That yes. is Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Ten Rings. Ten Rings. Ten fantastic movie but we're going to get into that before we do i just want to remind everybody please remember to rate review and subscribe to the cross gen podcast and check out our webpage for talents 55 studios which includes not only this great podcast but our other podcast fair which is the get geek podcast which deals more hardcore into geek stuff right than we do we're, we're kind of like a little light we we touch about everything here yeah but it's get like, geek if you're really into nerdy and geek stuff and comic books and video games and st- stuff like that um definitely check them out and if you want to go into a real world political news type of bent um i would suggest go and check out the awesome positively cynical podcast very very cynical yes. cynical so we have a little bit of everything in the talents 55 studios network so um definitely check them out and hopefully keep checking us out anyway i say we should get started right um again we are going to be talking about the awesome and i'm kind of i'm kind of signaling how i thought about the movie before we actually get into it but let's talk about shang chi and the three the, the legend of the ten rings um this is a movie that just recently came out on september 3rd uh, it was directed by Dustin Daniel Creighton. Um, obviously, he wrote. He also did the screenplay for it, um, along with David Callahan. And it stars in our titular role of Shang Chi, Simu Liu. Aquafina is there as the character of Katie. We have Tony Leung Chiu Wai, who plays. He's difficult to say who he plays without kind of spoiling the movie. So I think we're going to we're going to leave that out yeah. for now, right? Yeah. Okay. Because there is there is a sense of what people believe who he is, but maybe that's not quite accurate. So Wait, we'll what? leave his we'll leave his character name out. Um it also stars Michelle Yao as Jaying Nan, uh Florian Montu from Rocky fame. He plays Razor Fist. Uh, ben, well, I'm not even going to tell say about him because um, he is a a pleasant surprise to the movie. So we'll get back to an him. amazing surprise. And Destroy last but not worlds. least, in a, in a very very important important role to this movie, Menger Zhang, who plays the character of Zhu Jiang. I hope I said those names right, but there we go. So that's the cast of this movie. Again, this movie came out September 3rd. And not only did it come out, but it came out to an amazing stat. Came out swinging, literally. Swinging is definitely a good term for it. Because Shang-Chi not only had the second best pandemic era opening weekend um, since, unfortunately, this whole pandemic started. Uh, that that number one spot does go to Black Widow because Black Widow did open what eighty point three million dollars on its opening weekend. Damn. But Shang Chi is right below it at seventy one million, and it's important to note that it's not only the second best pandemic record, right? So opening, it is the best. Labor Day opening weekend 
ever. Yes. Let that sink in. Because the, the Labor Day weekend is usually known for very sluggish box office sales, mm. right? The figures are never the same. I told you that it was $71 million for the box office opening. You know what the record was previously? What? That record was previously held by Halloween, the new one, right? Ooh. And that movie raked in a total of... Twenty nine. Thirty point six million dollars. Wow, it smashed it. it. Michael Myers has been pulverized. He's not dead. He's actually dead after this. Yes, he has yeah. been destroyed by the Ten Rings. Oh, man. It, it's not even close. And I wonder if, A, it, it could be just the pent-up want to see of... yeah. A really good movie and marvel studios is kind of like a fan favorite but it transcends even the fans because even casual people love to go see marvel movies i wonder if that had something to play with that played into it as well right I think it was the pandemic mainly yeah but it destroyed and this is not this is not just pandemic record this is overall all, all time. time yeah so that is that is significant that is really significant so Kudos to the crew. Kudos to the cast of Shang-Chi. Um, you guys have been immortalized, <laughs> in a sense. Um, but yeah. So, guys, people probably already know how I feel about it. And I'll get to that a little bit later. But just general thoughts. What we, what, let's put it this way. What was your feeling going into the movie? And how did you think the movie did after you watched it and left the movie theater? I walked in. I was prepared to enjoy it. I was not expecting to love it. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah, I think I had that same feeling. Um, I mean, to be honest, if I'm being really honest here, I didn't even really know who Chang Chi was before the movie, so I couldn't exactly. The hype was there, obviously, because you know it's the next Mar Marvel movie, and of course they're always going to be awesome. It, like, it's also kind of the start of the next phase of Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Marvel Studios, and I, I guess I didn't really realize that. And when I was walking in, yeah, I was prepared, like you said, to enjoy it and not really love it. But when, I, <laughs> yeah, it obviously changed for me. Definitely by leagues. Okay. Um, as you guys know, I love the film. I would almost venture to say that it is probably one of my favorites, if not top three non-Avenger Marvel Studios films. Mm. I, I felt that it was that good. Yeah. I, I Again, I was kind of like Eli. I... This is I'll I'll be really frank and honest. I wasn't too familiar with the character of Shang Chi, um, and so you know I I do know that he was a street level hero. You know he his first comics came out in the seventies around the time you know the big when we had that influx of all those Hong Kong and and Chinese and martial arts films, yeah. um, the Shaw Brothers and and things like that, which you can see that there was definitely a, a direct influence. Um, to this film from the Shaw Brothers films and from like 80s martial arts uh, cinema, right? Um, 
but I, I didn't have a good appreciation of the character of Shang-Chi. Um, but after watching this film, th this film was just, it was an eye-opener of how well not only they honored, you know, Asian Asian culture and, yeah. and they didn't appropriate it in any way, but what I loved about it is that not only did it go into the martial arts stuff, but it really pulled in a lot of mythological stuff yeah, that definitely. comes from, from you know, the Chinese culture. There was a lot of mythology in there, you know, um, and it was nice to see that. You know, it wasn't just a standard beat em up flick. It was a little bit something a little bit deeper. Yeah. And so for me, that's why I, you know, it's easily one of my top three um, in terms of really, really loving the film. And there was a lot of surprises in the film, too. Right. Yes, there really was. But yes. let me let me ask you this question. And, and I think this is probably one of the reasons why it's so significantly my, one of my top three. If it didn't have Marvel Studios on it, you would never know that this is a Marvel film, right? To I mean, be fair, yes. I, I yeah. mean, that's that's one of the things that I really love about it because it it kind of does follow the Marvel um, way of doing things, especially with that ending. But you know, while there was. Um, there was some tiebacks to the Marvel Studios universe at large. It really didn't focus and heavily lean on that. It was literally its own story. And like I said, if you take out the Marvel Studios branding, this could be just any other film. And that's why I really like it, because I love it when Marvel Studios, instead of sticking with the superhero genre, they branch out into other genres, right? And and try and incorporate it. And I think they did an awesome job in bringing that stuff into the marvel studios brand without making it feel like marvel studios i mean what do you guys think i think m midway through the movie i i sort of forgot that it was a freaking marvel movie because <laughs> yeah how different it was right yeah. you could there were like a crap ton of changes not just like in terms of genre just overall everything at least in my opinion right and not even that, because a lot of the other movies, they focus on things that have happened before. Yeah. You got next to none of that in this film, and I think it did it wonders. Like, maybe you got a very brief mention of the snap. Right. Maybe you got... um, uh, uh, That's the only thing I can really think of. That's well, the end credit scene. Okay, had, but had I'm talking about actually back, right? in right. the movie. In the movie, you're right. It was they did have like there were posters talking about you know the post blip and and how it affects people. Um, at the very beginning, they mentioned you know how everything changed right because of the blip. I hate saying the word blip, by the way, but they don't say it, it as snap. snap. <laughs> don't say it. Yeah. It's Thanos's snap. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but really, other than that, I mean, there was really no mentions of any Marvel characters, although we did see some. Yeah, except right? for that. But it's not like they took center stage in any way like right. they normally do. This was all about the main character. They gave Shang-Chi the room he needed to breathe and all the other characters that uh, that they ended up bringing into the film. So I, I really like that about it. How did you like the film in terms of it being an origin film? An origin story, because a lot of people are kind of turned off with origin stories right now, right? 
we've seen it happen too many times with Spider-Man and Batman and things of that nature. And people are kind of like shying away from that stuff. But But here's the thing. Not only did A, you kind of needed it, but B, it was an awesome origin story. And it took turns that maybe you could have had a little foresight on, but otherwise you didn't really see coming. So do you guys you guys want to get into spoiler territory here? Sure. I, yes, I think I think we should because please. I'm dying to talk about the movie itself, right? Go watch it now. Now. So here do we it. are and we are officially pulling down the spoiler wall. Um Do it. If you guys haven't watched it, literally I'm I'm asking you to pause this show, go to a movie theater, um of course be safe because we still are in pandemic conditions. But go watch the crap out of this movie because it is awesome. So, spoiler territory. We've you've been warned, as they say, right? Um, it's interesting how the introduction to Shang Chi, the character, is that he's basically a slacker, <laughs> right? Yes, that's something that I was not expecting. That was you know? freaking awesome. Him and Katie which is his best friend um, in the movie, they're basically people with no path whatsoever. They're like 20 to 30-year-olds that really don't have a clue, right, in terms of, like, their future and things of that nature. Yeah. And they're basically slackers. They're literally living with their parents. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know? I, well, I found that interesting. I found that surprising. What did you guys think? I mean, except for saying G, but yeah, um, I didn't really mind that. No, I didn't, I didn't no, mind it, but I just didn't... thought it was like, whoa, that was slackery guy. That was sort of you funny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, they but had the... they they played a lot of fun, especially um, uh, kind of reminded car. me a lot of the, the awesome. dynamic yeah. between Mordecai and Rigby. Yeah, it's like, you. You're right. It was like, oh my god. Shang Chi is Mordecai and Katie is Rigby. Is Rigby, bro. <laughs> that is freaking amazing. Yeah, but oh, they had that like the valet car thing. Oh so my they're, god. They're basically valets, car valets. Yeah. Right. That's what they do, and apparently, um, they love doing what they're doing, even though it's you know, um. Their their parents are kind of not agreeing with that because yeah. they figured that they could be doing something better. Not to not to say that car valet is a you know uh, a bad profession, but in terms of the movie, you know, um, they feel like they could be you know either in school or whatever you know what whatever has you. Um, but they have that awesome scene with the car, right? Where yes. K- Katie hijacks a BMW. Yes. The guy literally brings it in. And it's funny because the start of the movie, and this is why it's so surprising, right? The start of the movie shows somebody putting on a suit and a tie and oh, jumping yeah, into the BMW. Awesome. And the thought is you're looking at Shang-Chi, right? But oh, it turns gosh. out it happens to be the guy that owns the BMW. <laughs> And Shang, then they—that's the introduction because he kind of flips very disrespectfully, right? The the keys to Shang Chi and, <laughs> and just says, you know, just park my car, dude, or something, something to that yeah. effect, right? Yes. But that's when Katie jumps in and she's like, "Come on, 
Let me park the car. Let me park the car. I'm going to be fine. You trust me, right? We're going to go slow. We're going to go slow. <laughs> What's slow for her? Like 110 miles per hour through like San Francisco? 300,000. <laughs> God. And, and Shang-Chi's face the entire time while he was in the car, right? He's like, oh, my God. I'm Dude. going to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's the reason I'm going to get killed so early on in the movie. But you see the the interesting dynamic between the two because Katie is really, really the the freestyle, you know, life loving person. She holds a really, really big influence on Shang Chi's character, right? Yeah. Um, she's she's kind of like the the leader, and Shang is oh well, his name is Sean at that point. At that point, right? Yeah, because he will find out later he's hiding out for a very specific reason, but. Sean is kind of like the follower to Katie's lead, right? Katie, yeah. he has, he's kind of, in a sense, smitten with Katie, but he doesn't want to admit it because they're just quote unquote friends, right? Yeah. Um, but then we have that really, really awesome montage where it's like, well, they go to the grandma's house, you know, they have food, and they're like, you know what? We just finished work. Maybe we should, maybe we should do the responsible thing. You know, go home, yes. get some sleep. And then, who was it? It was Katie that said it? Or, or maybe we could. <laughs> and then, and then they go, like, karaoke, <laughs> going and doing karaoke. Bar hopping, and, yeah. drinking, <laughs> you know, getting wrecked, right? <laughs> so... And that happens later on in in the film also, but we'll get we'll get to that. Too. <laughs> yeah, yes. Because as yes. funny as that one I was, did not expect that from yes. that character. As funny as <laughs> yes. that was, the second one was better, right? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so amazing. So eventually, what happens is that Shang Chi is 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 we find out that he has he knows what he's doing. He's been training because there is a fight where we get introduced to. Um, Razor Fist, who is an assassin for his father's Ten Rings organization. And we see that Shang-Chi does know what he's doing. He's a very, very accomplished martial artist. And they're after the pendant that he has. And later on, we find out that that is a key to everything that goes on. And we also find out that he has a sister that he's estranged from. And so basically what he's doing in San Francisco is he's hiding out from his father. His father seems to be like this really, really big bad guy, right? Um, and Tony, Tony Leung, which is a fantastic character, and he was so awesome in this film. We get his backstory also, right? Yep. Where he's kind of like, there's this mystical... Um, ten. The rings. Ten Rings apparatus, right? Yeah. Um, is it magic? We don't know. It's implied it could be magic. It's implied it could be it's not from implied. a little beyond mm-hmm. we don't our know. realm. Right. Yeah, we don't really the know. planet. But whoever has it is granted great power. You know, um, they have the ability to wield that almost as a weapon. It also helps them kind of fly in a sense, right? Not they maybe not do fly. a kind of Hulk jump. It's like a rocket jump almost, right? So. Yeah. Um, so you have that, and apparently his character is thousands of years old because it also grants immortality to us in the sun, or at least no, it long does, life, right? Yeah. yeah. 
So you have that. And so Shang-Chi's on the run. But at that point, he realizes that his sister's in trouble. So he has to leave San Francisco. And Katie unwittingly says, well, you know what? I'm going to go with you anyway. You're my best friend in the world. I'm not going to let you do this on your own. And so they are, they're off. And that's when we have the first of the Marvel Studio um, cameos, right? Because we head over to the sister's yes. place, and the sister is in Hong Kong, I, I believe. I forgot where. I no, she don't was like, quite remember either. Yeah, I don't remember where it was, but it was it was not it was outside of the United States. It's either Hong Kong or you know um, one of, one of those places out there, and that's where we see that she holds a fighting organization and fight club fight club fight club and the people who are fighting we've seen it in the trailer already but it's abomination and wong oh but they have more than that too oh yeah they also have like a dude with extremists there i was surprised to see that yeah and so um and it's funny because wong and abomination are fighting right and and it's but it turns out they're actually friends, which was which was <laughs> that really, was so really weird. God, that was so yeah. weird, bro. So so Wong is getting his butt handed to him until he starts using his magic, and then Abomination ends up knocking Abomination out. <laughs> Watch the movie to see how that's done, but it was it was pretty cool the way they did it, right? Yeah. But then you know, so we're thinking, wow, you know, they're mortal enemies. But then Wong comes over and was like, "Are you okay?" I told you you have to train a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go back. And so they, you know, he opens up a portal and they end up going back to, you know, Doctor Strange's lair or whatever. That was his, that was Abomination's holding facility. Oh, okay. There you go. So it's clear that there is a kind of like a friendship, which kind of was surprising, right? Yeah. I was kind of expecting Abomination to be a little more. Abominable, <laughs> but he wasn't, and it's very weird because. And while it was kind of funny and it fit the movie pretty well, they're giving him the Hulk treatment, and I really don't mm. like that. Upon looking at it, it, Hulk in terms of he's like the mindless. No, 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 Hulk as in what they've done to Hulk in the MCU. Yeah, oh, they've depowered him. They've sense. depowered him. They've made him like you know very docile. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't okay. That's the one thing I'm gonna say I didn't quite. That didn't quite sit very well with me. But it worked for the movie. I will mm-hmm. give it that. I will give it that. Okay. Um, let me ask you a question on Abomination and his his um his look did it seem like it changed from the incredible hulk it did it it didn't look exactly the same way that he, the first time and the only time that we've seen him in the mcu right he looks different like he's evolved a little bit further since um the first time we saw him in the incredible hulk right mm-hmm. yeah he got the he his got the uh spikes the fins on his ears. ears um I don't think I remember seeing the spikes on the on his elbows either. Yeah. I think so, they dropped he dropped those. So it looks like he's evolved further from the last time we've seen him. Yeah. Is that a good yeah, thing definitely. or a bad thing? 
That's a good thing. It looks uh, more in line with his comic, comic book. book look. Yeah. Okay. So that like was cool. It. it looks weird, though. So, um, you know, the whole point is that Shang-Chi's father is after these pendants. And there are two pendants. One of them Shang-Chi has. And the other one um, his sister has, who is Zhu Jialing, right? And so, you know, they're they're after him. And let's talk about... So there's a, a huge fight, and eventually they all get captured, right? But let's talk about this, because I thought this was probably one of the the best things that we've seen in Marvel Studios and their films, the fight choreography, which was is very different. I think the pinnacle of fight choreography so far in the MCU would happen to be the Winter Soldier. That's my personal opinion. I think the fights in that were great. Um, and again, maybe this is because we've just seen it and we have that that you know that big impression that we got from this. But I actually I actually happen to think that the fights in this movie far surpasses anything we've seen in in the MCU right now. You guys agree? Um, I'd say yes. Um. The only thing is that um, it did look a little bit choreographed, mm -hmm. a little noticeably choreographed, but I understand that's the genre too, in, in a sense. Right. Um, but even then, uh, it, it was still pretty off the wall and awesome. Like the part where he was fighting that masked ninja that trained him. Mm hmm. And like all the decisions that went into that fight, he's like, okay, I, I got to keep him at bay. Okay, wait, maybe I need to be a little more aggressive. Okay, I have him. What am I going to do? Am I going to kill him or not? He remembers something. Okay, I'm going to kill him and go through with it. And, and that character is named Death Dealer and is played by Andy Lee. Death so, Dealer. Death Dealer. Yes. Which was a cool looking character, by the way. Yeah, I, he, looked, say, you know? he looked horrifying. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. Um, would it surprise you if I told you that the fight choreographer for this movie trained under Jackie Chan? Oh, wow. Okay. No. So does that does that change the way you see these fights and stuff because when you're when you're watching it, you can kind of see some of the influence that Jackie Chan has in terms of how the fight choreographer kind of frame these scenes because there was a lot of a lot of Jackie Chanish type things, you know, like jumping, jumping, especially during that fight scene on the side of the building on the scaffolding. That is something that I think you would definitely see in a Jackie Chan film. It's been a very long time since I've seen a Jackie Chan film. We need to change that. Though. But I will you I I don't doubt that you're I don't doubt that you're right. I don't doubt it. Bro, the fight scenes were awesome. Yeah, the fight scenes were really, really the, good. The one in the bus especially. I, I like that one the most, honestly. That was the one very early on, right? When the assassins yeah. and Razor Fist Bro, came on, right? And again, frick? again, you kind of see some influence of Jackie Chan in there because Yeah, because the the whole thing is that you're using your surroundings as a way to as a way to sort of uh, evade your enemy's attacks or just use it to all out attack your 
your enemies. And that was... That's something I vaguely remember from his films. Like, he'll just take a random thing out of nowhere and just go... Yeah. And there was a lot of martial arts parkour, so to speak, right? Yeah. Which he's famous for. Yeah, it was more so... It it wasn't about strength that you could see in this in this It's fluidity. Yeah, it's more of the flow, your movement, how quick you can get around, your agility. And that is something that you saw incredibly and using in your environments such, like you yeah, said right like literally inside the bus it's such a small space but you can literally you have those poles which you can sort of climb around and oh the, my the thing the thing about it is that shang Zhi was not limited because of the space like he used the space yeah. like you know it's he was m- flinging himself around through the through the poles you know, trying to going into these small tight spaces and it didn't stop him from doing what he needed to do. Yeah, that's something that you don't really see in a, a lot of Marvel movies, uh, adjusting to your environment, adjusting to how much space you have. You don't see that much. And that's why this fighting, these fight scenes uh, stood out by leagues to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I really enjoyed the fight scenes in, in this movie. And I think probably again that's one of the reasons why i love the movie because you know what it wasn't shaky cam yeah like some some movies do you know um born supremacy i i i can that's one that really comes to you know to my to my head when i think of shaky cam and it limits when you do shaky cam it limits what you're seeing on screen you know it's it to me it's a distraction more than anything because i want to see you know the moves i want to see the fluidity i want to see the impact that you know these fight the, these fights have on on one so it was a very clear presentation of these fight scenes which i appreciated definitely um so eventually you know we find out that so let's talk about tony leung's character um because i think he's fascinating and in that Finally. vein in that vein, we're going to talk about the other MCU character that shows up, which is a surprise to all of us, right? Yeah. Um, it's heavily implied that Tony Leung is the Mandarin, right? He's yes. the leader of the Ten Rings. And we did have a character previously played by Ben Kingsley who took on the role of the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, I believe, right? Yeah. Iron Man 3. Yes. It turns out the Mandarin, the name the Mandarin, is a name that was co-opted by Trevor Slattery and his ilk, you know, his his group. It doesn't exist. The Mandarin as a character, a real life character in the MCU, doesn't exist. And we had that explanation when Tony Leung is talking to his kids at the table after he's kind of effectively, quote unquote, kidnapped them and brought them home. Right. Um, He's like, yeah, well, you know, there was this guy and, you know, he used my organization. So that is true. But then he created this visage, this this persona, um, the Mandarin. Which doesn't exist. I'm not the Mandarin. I've been called many names, but I'm not. I've never been called the Mandarin. <laughs> he even said that it was like a name after uh, named after, after a, food, a dish, or yeah, after exactly. a dish, which was like no, no Mandarin orange. Yeah, a Mandarin orange. Right. Yeah, and it was like he was like the guy's a fruit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, literally that's what he said, right? God. His name is actually Wen Wu. 
Wang Wu, right? That's his name in, in the movie. And, yeah. and, you know, there is no Mandarin. So, you know, the reveal of who's the Mandarin, well, we never got that because technically, according to Shang-Chi and the, the Legend of the Ten Rings, the Mandarin never existed. This was a fake persona used by... Um, the bad guy from Iron Man three, I can't extremist, remember. The extremist, uh, guy. I what I think, Aldrich Killian. There, there you go. The god. He headed AIM. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, AIM. Yep. Yeah, AIM. That's how they. They made the extremists. Oh. Yeah. So, the Mandarin was kind of a, a boogeyman created by the extremist organization AIM. Uh, AIM. Um. To kind of like terrorize everybody, especially America. Right? Yeah. Mm. And so he he found that funny and stuff. The interesting thing is that Trevor Slattery makes an appearance in this movie. <laughs> yes, the god, the ultimate Thanos destroyer. He is by oh, far man. the greatest character in MCU history. <laughs> Not in MCU history, in movie history, in cinema history. So he was he was he was arrested by the U.S. government, and apparently the Ten Rings um, sprung him, and they captured him, and they brought him to their facility, and they were going to execute him until they found out he's a great actor. Yes. <laughs> yes. So oh he's, he's basically, as to, to quote Katie, um, because they do find him when he, uh, they're jailed, He's basically the court jester. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But he embraces it, right? Yes. He's yes. found his purpose. He's found he's he's cleaned up his act. He's no longer a raging alcoholic. You know, he's he's <laughs> he's a straight and narrow and he's focusing on his craft yes. of acting while what being held hostage by the person that wanted to kill him. God. What a god. He is he is Ben Kingsley plays him awesome. And it's funny because when the director approached Ben Kingsley, he he had a sense of saying, you know what, I want to bring this character back because it makes sense for the story. But I don't know if Ben Kingsley wants to do it. And so when he had the conversation, Ben Kingsley immediately started um playing the role of Trevor Slattery. <laughs> no, for real? Yep, that's that's the story. Which you confused know. the director because he thought oh god. He thought that Ben Kingsley was kind of saying no, but he went off on this tangent and and he went full Trevor and it took him a while but he finally realized, "Oh, that means yes. And Ben was like, 100% yes, I need to be in this film. I need yes. to be Trevor one more time. Yes. So, oh, my gosh. You know, big ups to Ben Kingsley for reprising the role of Trevor Slattery. For being a god. You know? yes. um, that brings me into the next part of the, the discussion that we want to talk about. Because... The whole the whole premise of getting these two pendants is to open up a a map, right? To get to this mystical place called Tao Lao, right? Yeah. Tao Lao. Yeah. It's the place where he he um Tony Lung's character, uh Wen Wu, right? He found the love of his life and she actually changed him 
to stop being the person that he was because now he had purpose, right? And that's mm-hmm. where, and that's obviously uh, Shai Ling and Shang Chi's mom, right? But we see during the film that she was killed because uh, Wen Wu's past, you know, caught up with him. And while he was away, you know, some some guys that he messed with back in the days, you know, um, came gang. in. A higher gang came gang. in. And yes. as powerful as um, Laiko Wu is. She lost her power. But she still, no, but she still was a very, very okay, accomplished well, yeah, Martian, fighter, well, yes. as, yeah. as you can tell, because she basically killed everybody that was there except for the boss. Right. Yeah. Um, but in doing that and protecting her kids, she lost her life. Right. And so that kind of started the path that Shang-Chi was put on, because now when Wu realizes that no matter what he did, his past was would always define him. And as much as his wife, like like how was trying to change him in his mind, she was wrong and he was never going to change. And so that's when at seven years old, I think he was right. He he started training Shang to be an assassin. And his sister was not offered that same opportunity because of the resentment that he had, because every time he saw her, it would always remind him of his wife. So he kind of shunned the daughter, but the daughter trained in secret. She watched everything that the boys were doing. And her thing was, I'm going to train and I'm going to do it better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, eventually they find the um, the killer and Shang is sent off to be the one to, you know, gain vengeance against this guy. Um to avenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to avenge his mom. Mm. But so, you know, you have all that backdrop. But what, what ends up happening is that uh, when Wu starts hearing voices and he starts hearing his, his, his wife and, you know, the voice is telling him that she's at. Talo. Talo. Behind the gate. Prison behind the gate. Yeah. Right. The dark gate, to be specific. And that'll play a part. So um the whole the whole thing about getting these pendants was to open up the map because you cannot just go there because there is a bamboo forest. Again, another mythological thing from from you know Chinese lore, you know, and bamboos obviously play a big part in that culture, right? There's a bamboo forest that opens and shuts based on who's going there and the time of day. And it offers a path, but you have to know the path to get there. Otherwise, the forest kills you, yeah. right? So the whole reason for getting those two pendants is to open up that map. Trevor, however, and surprising how important Trevor is to this story, Trevor has a... Very, very interesting pet. Friend, almost. Friend, right, because he talks to this friend. Yeah. This pet. Uh, his name is Morris. The god. <laughs> so Trevor has named his pet Morris. And it's a furry creature that literally Trevor thought was 
all part of his imagination, <laughs> right? You're like, oh my god, I'm so happy to see that you're real, and he yeah, sees he's you. like, you can see him. <laughs> you know, he tells Shang and 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 Shao Ling and Katie because the the creature comes out and is like, oh, what is that? And how do you how would you describe that thing? It's like a fur ball with six legs and wings, right? It has like four wings, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. six, like six legs. It's furry, but it has no head. Yeah, it has no, no head, face. No face. Yeah, it's just right? like a block with wings. But here's where here's where I'm getting into it because um, they do end up going to Taolo, right? And that's when we really, really start to see all the mythological creatures that come from Chinese folklore. So Morris, believe it or not, is a creature that's that's called that's based on a mountain dwelling primordial god. What the and they are called Dai Jiang, okay, or sometimes called the divine Dai Jiang, and it appears from an ancient text that goes as far back as 400 BC. Um, I believe it's called the classic of mountains and seas, right? Hmm. So that's the first of many creatures that we see um, from mythological Chinese lore, right? Um, And I think the one that a lot of people will recognize once Shang and Katie and Xi Ling and Trevor make it to Tao Lo, right? Um, the one that people will recognize instantly is the nine-tailed fox. Yep. Right? I mean, I thought the phoenix was also pretty recognizable. The, fe- the phoenix well, yeah. is, but, you know, for, for a lot of fans of anime here okay, in the well, States, yeah. All right. the nine-tailed nine fox. fox has a very, very significant place, right? Yeah. Um, and it's featured in the anime Naruto. Yep. Now, it's interesting to note that the nine-tailed fox is actually called in folklore. And again, coming from the text of the classic of mountains and seas, it's called the Huli Jing, right? And the nine-tailed fox has inspired a lot of of modern works, both in film and television. Again, like I say, most prominently in Naruto, right? Yeah. They're supposed to be mischievous spirits, believe it or not. Mischievous. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and their presence is usually either dire portents or omens of great fortune. So you can go either way with them. Either if you see a nine-tailed fox, something really, really good is going to happen. And if you see one, maybe something really, really bad will happen, right? So kind of like a djinn. Right, yeah. exactly. So... um. You know, and and the thing about it is that after a thousands of years of age, they can ascend to heaven and attain divinity. So that's how that's how mm. powerful. But those aren't the only ones that that you see. Again, um, Andre mentioned the phoenixes, which are in again another creature from the classic of Mountain and Seas, Fen Fen Huang. Okay, which is often compared to a phoenix, and they're kind of like. A creature that rules all, all over all birds, so they're kind of like the king of birds. Mm. Um, one of the, one of the cooler ones that I saw was the shishi, the guardian lions, Yo, right? Yeah, those, yeah, those which are, are also cool. called food dogs as well. And, and so we saw a pair of them 
in there the were movie. like three or was it three three or, three or so? Yeah, I think maybe like three, three, maybe four, more. Two. Yeah. So these these creatures were inspired by lions that arrived in China coming through the Silk Road, hmm. um, and this happened during the Han Dynasty, and they're kind of regal because. If you notice, especially in, in architecture, there's a lot of stone lion depictions. So that's, you know, they're very, very popular. Yeah. Um, there's also the one that uh, Trevor looked at and he was like, well, that's a weird looking horse. Yeah. <laughs> and those are Keelings. Keelings. Keeling. Right. And they're they're actually they actually go back to fifth century B.C. Um, and they're supposed to, the pair was supposed to have appeared in the garden of the defied, deified yellow emperor. Mm. And um, they helped establish the role of emperor into a divine one. That's, that's how important they are. They accompany deities as pets. So obviously if an emperor was able to capture one, right, then the implication is, well, the emperor has to be a deity. Because he's holding one of these as pets, right? So you have all these mythological creatures. What did you guys think about that? I I, I thought it was a very very interesting, um, awesome. yeah, depiction and entry into the MCU universe. Because now, again, we're dealing with magic, which I believe is going to be a big part of the next phase. Yes, and it is a it is a it is an aspect of the phase I welcome greatly. Not even that. We have a. Uh, I mean, yes. The the don't don't mind that I said that. That is like super duper awesome. Like it's a great way to change up because normally you're used to seeing, you know. Well, I mean, technically we're gonna get vampires soon, but now you have something other than those stuff you're normally used to, and you have a new vibranium in dragon scales, which was also yes. pretty cool. Yeah, and that's another creature that we do see, and the dragon is clearly attached to Shang-Chi, right? Um, but dragon scales, how, how awesome is that? Dragon scales are, like you said, the equivalent of Vibranium, right? Yeah. In that universe. Because unbeknownst to everybody, this is a multiversal story. I don't Wait, know. Huh? Wait, is it confirmed? That's why I was a little confused. You didn't catch that? No. Do explain that, please. So when um, <clears throat> the character who ends up being the aunt to both Shang-Chi and Zhai Ling, um, the character's name is Jiang Nan. Nan, sorry. When... Do you remember the point where she's explaining okay. you know, the whole thing of Tao Lao and, yeah. and how in this, she kept on mentioning in this universe, in this universe, well, how we stopped the dweller in darkness from coming to your universe? Because, well, again, that doesn't necessarily mean multiverse because it's already been established that that is a dimension separate from... Uh, separate from the earth. The dark dimension is also a place separate from the earth, and that's considered its own universe. So I don't think it's necessarily one of these things where it's a multiversal thing. 
it's more so I, I see that as more of a dark dimension type thing. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess we'll we'll find out as as time goes on, right? But I I kind of took it, especially with you know what's been going on with Loki and you know the Wandaverse, and and now we're getting Doctor Doctor Strange and the the multitude of madness, right? The multiverse, the multiverse, multiverse. of mas- madness, right? I I I kind of took it as that being kind of like a a thing where it's like this is a multi, a multi a different universe than our MCU universe and especially the fact that they had to go through a portal right to reach this place this wasn't a place that was easily accessible you know and there was something magical and strange about it so that's why I kind of took it as we're in a totally different universe where um, the rules aren't the same and she mentioned you know the entire world and you know we've never gotten that sense that something like that happened in the mcu universe you know she talked about the fight that they previously had with the dweller in darkness right which interestingly enough again a doctor strange villain right so that's Mm -hmm. why i took it these little nuggets and the emphasis that she kept on placing on the word universe that's why I thought it was a multiversal story. But that's still so. Uh, it's it's weird to me because it's you can sort of doesn't that. make sense. You can I I can see where I I, I don't know I, I just don't see it as that unless like, unless yeah no no keep, keep going unless you explain how the portal works then it will make sense because I because I still don't understand how how the whole bamboo trees portal thing. To be fair, you take a portal to the dark dimension, too. Hmm. Although it's more of a tear in the fabric of reality. It's still a portal. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, it makes sense. Okay. Um, and what? they Oh, wait. No, no. Didn't they say that the, that the thing, the thing with the uh, different dragons and stuff coming from the gate? Dragon. The dragon gate, whatever the dark gate, the, dark the one gate. with the like the dragons. Okay. Like the, do you guys know what I'm talking about with like the dragon things, the soul, the soul dragon eaters. scales, or the soul? The soul what leaders? about the soul eaters? Yeah, they looked like dragons. They, right? Very they do barely look like dragons. They do, right? I, I they kind of, yeah. They, I mean, alien dragon. Yeah, forget it. Um, yeah, no, I'm no, going no they're, they're they're kind of there. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's going to be one of these things where, you know, there's, there has to be a discussion on, you know, what, what that actually means. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to see, um, more, more information on that as we go along, you know, know, in this next phase, you know, um, but yeah, we have, so there, there's that, right. Um, so eventually what, what ends up happening is that when Wu finally finds his way into that, right? Into that, that new realm, let's, let's, let's call it that it's a realm, right? Um, and we find out that the reason why, uh, he's, he's hearing these voices is because, this has happened before to other people, but and and the dark gate 
is kind of like a a cage, right? Is is that a, is that a good way of explaining yeah. it? Yeah, mean, it is sealed up with dragon scales. It's it's more or less a. You know what? I don't. I don't even think it's a cage. Yeah, it's, really, it's more like a. It's more like that is a point of entry between yeah. their realm and Paolo. Like I said, it's literally a gate. Yeah, it's just they blocked up that gate with like yeah. cobblestone in terms okay. of dragon Minecraft. Stone. I mean, dragon, <laughs> dragon, dragon stones. stones. Oh my god! <laughs> Freaking Doka. Dragon scales. Dragon scales. So dragon scales really, really is holding this thing back. But um, the thing about it is that there is this this being. I guess is is the best way of saying it, right? Is it is it a being? Is it a god? How, how I don't you, think it's a god. How it's a you, being. It's it's a being, right? Yeah, it's kind of it's like a. Not a Dormammu type thing. Well, maybe a little bit like a Dormammu type thing, just not as strong. Mm-hmm. So I'd just say otherworldly being, yeah. An otherworldly being. Okay. So um, this this force, the dweller in darkness, is really the the reason why he's hearing these voices, and the reason why he's specifically calling for Wen Wu to kind of free his wife from the dark gate, which we obviously know that that's not true, is because for all the other people that have tried to free him from the dark gate and failed, Wen Wu holds the power of the Ten Rings. And the Mm. Ten Rings is the one that can break down this gate. And you see as, as the gate starts to fall, those creatures that you were talking about, these soul eaters would then grab and go into the battlefield, grab people's souls and bring it back to make the dweller in darkness even more and more powerful. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to the ending. And it's it's interesting because the ending becomes a kaiju fight. Right? Yeah. Yes. Big spectacle. I think for me, that was probably the the weakest point of the movie. Definitely. Okay. And I'll say this. I, I think the fight that he had with Shang-Chi, with Wen Wu at the very end in front of the Dark Gate, I think that really, really signified the main battle of the of the film because mm-hmm. it was not only, um, it was an awesome fight to watch. It was, it was a transformative fight for Shang Chi, right? Because at that point, you know, he was always in the shadow of his father, and at that point, you know, he he decided to quote unquote stop being scared of him, right? Um, but not only that, I thought it was also an emotional fight as well, and, and that's why there was a lot of weight to that fight. So for me, that was the main fight, and what happened afterwards was kind of like you know just the Marvel formula at work where you have to have this big spectacle and stuff like that. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, yeah I'd I, say so. I don't really, as much as it was like a, a nod to like Chinese culture with like the dragons and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I liked it, I thought it would have been better to have 
like you said, the father and Shang-Chi, uh, that fight, because mainly because you weren't giving the characters a little bit more time to shine. I mean, you gave them time, but like they weren't the forefront of the of the, of the finale. And with with the dragons there, it sort of took away from from a more personal, uh, yeah. more. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think um, when you got into the fight between the dragon and the dweller in darkness, which did feature um, Shang Chi, right? Yeah, because it did. he's the one that eventually ended the fight. But I think that was more uh, a more of an impersonal fight as opposed to him and his father. Yeah. I thought that one had a lot of lot of emotional weight. You know, there was there was definitely you know character development just in that fight alone. You know, yeah. So I thought it was really, really. I, I thought that was probably one of the highlights of the film, to be honest. Yeah, that fight right there. You know. Sidebar. I am actually now of the opinion more and more as I actually did just a little bit of looking online. The dragon is not Fing Fang Fu. Yes. Yes. We I think um Yeah, that was kind of the movie kind of Yeah. It it didn't it did not say that it was, but I, I think the implication was it definitely was not Fing Fang Fu. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know? And I think he will be definitely coming in the future. Well, you already have dragons. Why not? Yep. Right? No, but yep. not even that. Remember, the Ten Rings are from outer space, right? Oh, Fing Fang Foom is from outer space. outer space. Not only that, further reading indicates that they were made by a species of dragon-like aliens. Hmm. Of which Fing Fang Foom could be the leader of i want to get back to that because that makes a lot of sense and we'll talk about that a little bit later but before we do so the the movie ends and of course our our friends are triumphant and stuff like that we've said previously that we weren't very familiar with shang chi however you've done some research on the character from the comic books right a little, yes. So let's talk about the differences between MCU Shang-Chi and comics Shang-Chi because there are big yes. differences, right? Yes. So, for instance, um, when he originally came to the comic books, Marvel had gained the rights to a character named Dr. Fu Manchu from a previous work. Right. Uh, forgive me, I don't remember the name. Um he is actually Shang-Chi's father, not, quote-unquote, the Mandarin slash Wen Wu, right? Wen Wu, yes. Yes. The other thing, he does not use the Ten Rings. He's more of like a street-level character, very much like Daredevil and, and things of that nature, right? Yes. He, he doesn't possess any powers, per se. Or anything that'll lend to having, like, uh, pronounced powers. He's just a very, very skilled martial artist. Yes. Probably one of the best in the world. You know, except for in Marvel Comics, that, that, that title really goes to Iron Fist, right? Yes. So that's, 
that's weird. How how can you have two masters of martial arts? It's kind of like they need to duke it out at some point. I don't know. Hey, that would that would be an interesting <laughs> fight right there. You know, if Iron Fist does make it into the MCU proper. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, maybe this isn't so much leaning towards Shang-Chi, but the rings themselves are by and far the most different iteration we've ever seen them be in. Right. So in the comics, the ten rings that Wen Wu or the Mandarin uses, or rather the opposite, quote-unquote, whatever, each one has a sort of elemental-type power. And they're actually rings. Yes, like they you wear them on each of your fingers' rings. Right, as, as opposed to the ring bracelets that we see in the film. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. Um, wait, wait, hold on. Am I the only one... When I looked at the trailer for the first time, am I only am I the only one who was completely reminded of the Sonic rings? <laughs> I Especially think you when are, they turn right? golden, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, "What the heck? Oh my gosh!" You, you kind of expected either Sonic or Tails to start. Flying. Yeah, and listen, <laughs> oh, you had the Nine Tail Fox, right? Oh, <laughs> yes. So maybe Shadow is a part of that. That Tails. I mean, Tails, Tails right? Tails. So, yeah, that, that's true. I never made that connection. But it, especially when they turn from purple to orange, that orange-gold yeah. look, it does kind of Sonic. look like Sonic's rings. Yeah. Very loosely. But yeah, like okay. the coins. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm never going to be able to see those rings the same way again now. <laughs> So you had the rings, right? Which yeah, the rings. In the comics are actual rings as opposed to bracelets here. Who his father was and I don't know. I don't. You this the is power the one. Set also, right? Well, yeah, we went over that. Um, in, in the MCU verse, it's implied that his, his martial arts expertise is amplified by chi. Oh yes, that's so true. In, in Sorry. This in this version here, he does have somewhat of a superpower in a sense, right? Because he's able to channel his chi in a way that he can actually um, control the elements around him. Because remember, when he was being taught by his aunt, you know, one of the things that she was showing him was the fact that she was able to control the air surrounding her you know and use that as a weapon against him during the training session so in a sense this version of shang chi does have kind of a superpower in a sense right Hmm. yeah but the rings really make him op yeah like really really overpowered so have we ever seen um a level of power like the one that we saw on film in the comic books when it concerns the character? Um, not that I'm aware of, though even without the rings, Eli actually brought to my attention that he has some pretty impressive feats. Like, for one, he went toe-to-toe with Ares. Who? Correct? Shang-Chi. Yes. He I did? think I was the one that, that yeah, brought that Yeah, that wasn't me. Oh, that wasn't I you? Told, I told you about Ares uh, fighting... What's his name? Uh... 
dude. Uh, K starts with the K, starts with and, K. And not the Aries from Time the DC dude. universe. Yes, the Marvel, Marvel has their own Aries. No, no, Mar- it was... Marvel actually has their own pantheon of gods, right? I'm not as familiar with them. Yes, there. they do. Hercules, they do. Aries. Yeah. There's, a, there's a quite a number of them in that thing. But Aries also made made the the point of saying that for a non-human Shang-Chi in the comics is one of the the very very few that can actually keep up with Ares in terms of a, a physical fight, right? So maybe not powered but like an exceptional fighter, you know, that mm-hmm. he can kind of go toe to toe with a god which is interesting. But yeah, the MCU guy is super OP. Super yeah. overpowered. You know, especially with the rings. Yeah. So all right. Um, so like I said, that that brings us to the end credits. Yes, the best. Which I, I really, really found interesting. There were two of them. There was one mid credit, and then there was one end credit scene at the very obviously at the very end of the credits. The fir- the the first one, the mid credit scene, I found to be super entertaining, <laughs> and you know what? It also brought a lot of information that we needed. The second one kind of sets up maybe a Shang Chi two, right? So let's talk about the first one. And the first one, um, as much fun as we had with Slattery, tone, uh, you know, Slattery from uh, Trevor, from the uh, from the film. Uh, we get Wong to step in, in this in this case here, and we, so oh. how does how does that end credit start? We have we have them at the restaurant, and that kind of is a callback to the very beginning of the film, where um, they're meeting with friends and having dinner at at a, at a restaurant, and the friend is kind of like getting on their case because it's like you guys are probably some of the smartest people that I know. But yet you're doing nothing with your life, right? Yeah. And you know, both Shang and Katie are trying to make the case. Well, we're doing the things that we love. You know, we're this is awesome. <laughs> blah blah blah. This and that, and it doesn't sit well with her. Yeah. So the mid credit scene takes us back to that place. Actually, that's the very end of the movie. The end credit scene is when they're in the yeah. The House okay. of Mystery. All right. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm I'm flipping the two. So, but let's talk about the 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 mid credit scene because the mid credit scene is the more fun one, right? Yes. Um. I mean the end credit scene. So. Well, the very two. end credit scene is with what's her name, the sister. Oh yeah. yeah. The what movie. happens? I I what happens is you go to the House of Mystery. They finish their meeting and then they get to the part you're talking about. Okay. So anyway, they're talking to the the friends, and surprisingly enough, they're telling them exactly everything that happened. Yes, like as if they were going to believe them, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? And they're talking about yeah, the soul leaders, and yeah, that you know, I shot the the dragon, you know, I shot the monster and the, and the neck and all this stuff, and she's totally incredulous until Wong opens up a portal. He yes. comes through. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yeah. Here, present. <laughs> they're in the restaurant and everybody's looking at Wong and they're like, what the heck is he doing here, right? Yeah. Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi? Anybody? Shang-Chi? 
do we know of Shang-Chi here? <laughs> and they they get up and leave, and it was like, well, you need to come with us. Yeah. So eventually um, we get to the point where they're looking at the, the Ten Rings, and they're trying to figure out its origin. And the interesting thing, and again, you know, this is why, I, again, I kind of lean toward the multiversal aspect of this thing, because Wong says he's never seen this artifact ever. They have everything documented. This is foreign to them, which would make sense if it was in a different universe. But again, that's something that we need to figure out later on, right? But they do say that um, the thing is maybe tech in nature, right? It may not be mm. magical. But then again, remember what Thor says, you know, um, tech is magic that's that, uh, and vice versa, right? That never sat well with me, but okay. Okay, but that's kind of what we've established in the MCU. Magic could be tech. Tech could be magic. Yeah. You know, it, it depends on your point of view and stuff, yeah. right? But here goes to your point that you brought up earlier. The minute that he you put on the ten rings, it's pulsing. And it's acting as a beacon. Which goes to your point, maybe that beacon is reaching out to Fing Fang Foom and his people. Right? Yes. Yeah. So that's that's a good way of tying everything together because maybe that's a thing that actually belongs to their race and they want it back. Oh God. Yes. Chitari invasion part <laughs> two with oh, dragon man. people. That yes. would be awesome and amazing. Right. But the implication is, is that um, going forward, Shang is going to be working with Dr. Strange and Wong and stuff and the Avengers and the Avengers, because um, I believe in one of the, interviews they did mention shang as an avenger yes well i mean not even that captain marvel was there hulk was there no. yes yeah and oh. the, the funny line of, of captain marvel saying oh i i really gotta take this i gotta go um just call me and bruce was like yeah she kind of always does that i really don't have her number <laughs> <laughs> you know so but bruce that's an important Bruce. thing because you even mentioned it, right? The that last was like, time we saw Bruce, the... right? Yeah, he's always in his... Uh, he was Professor Hulk. Professor Hulk state. But, like, we see him in... and Well, obviously in, like, the hologram because he's uh, far away. We see him as regular Bruce Banner. With the arm sling. Well, yeah, with the arm sling. So, so it, it, it appears that the injury that he got from using the gauntlet... Um, it, it looks like it's going to be kind of permanent, right? That's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, which is interesting because according to the in the comics, and again, one of the things that I really dislike about their portrayal of the Hulk in the comics, he can heal himself. You know, he's almost well immortal. Immortal. <laughs> right? I want him to bring him immortal back. Hulk, right? Yeah. But in this version here, he's clearly not nice. that. You know, we've never seen the Hulk really at his fullest you know he's kind yeah. of that's because they've been, been letting him control himself hulk has they gotta horrible. let this man off the leash yeah they're they made him they made him almost like a pet like Cass. 
I'm a big Hulk fan, and I'm just—it's—it's it's, oh, it's frustrating. You know what? That is actually see. a very good announcement. Sorry, I stepped no, no, over no, you no. there. No, no, no. It's it's yeah, true. They, they made him a guard dog. That's it. Oh, and, and a guard dog that is really, really leashed because he doesn't—he doesn't even portray half of the powers that we've seen him in the in the comic book. I mean, there is a thing, Hulk, strongest there is, right? Yeah. That's not the MCU version by any stretch of the imagination even though they continually reference him as the strongest avenger but we never see it yeah. really i mean he got wrecked by by thanos but i have a thing i have yeah mm-hmm. i have a really good feeling that they're gonna do something with hulk during she hulk that's gonna make him good again i you know what version i want to see i want to see world breaker hulk world breaker what is that that's the oh God. the one that looks like Ragnarok. <laughs> what if he's the villain in She-Hulk? Oh man! I would, listen, Yo. I would love to see that. If they do that, then he's definitely getting a huge upgrade. Hulk has been the villain in in a lot of comic yeah. storylines, you know, because of the fact that he loses control. Um, that's that's kind of oh. the Hulk's thing, right? They could have like a a thing where like he's. I guess maybe the reason why he goes bad is because, you know, he's always being controlled. He's always put on the sidelines. And he's it, trying to he's make trying himself to, relevant again and then he to make makes his, himself too relevant again. Yeah, he's he's always irrelevant to the team. And maybe that's a reason why he's going to go off the hook. He's finally letting go of, I guess you could say, his his morals in a sense. He's like... Oh, His I moral. wouldn't go that far. Well, no, not morals. When I say no, but I'm just saying like he's he's not gonna let the let, let the Hulk out go like on a rampage like that. You know what? He's not gonna do that. Um, we can't we can't do the we can't do the World War Hulk storyline yeah. as, as it is because we've already done Planet Hulk in a sense, mm-hmm. and a World War Hulk kind of follows that with his revenge against the Earth. But what they did to him by banishing him effectively, you know, um, they'd have to find another way of, of kind of adapting that storyline. But I honestly, I really don't see it at this point because it could happen. No, she Hulk, he really, goes off the rails. I they send him so. off. Pl- they send him off planet. He's had enough. But they've done that already. Huh? Well, I don't they, think they, they should send them off planet again because they no. kind of they not that they've done it because in in the comic books the Illuminati is the one that makes the decision to to make him leave because mm. he's a danger to the planet. In this version, he did it on his own because you know what he just needed to leave, right? And mm. he ended up in in the film Thor Ragnarok, which basically adapted Planet Hulk, you know. Um, but they've already he's already gone off planet. I don't know. You know? I don't know. Um, it, it's just it's a weird thing, it, and I hope they do find a way to do it. But still, um, so anyway, it leads. Let's get back to the thing because we're we're short on time here. Um, so after that scene, Wong does a thing. <laughs> Wong the god, or rather, Shang Chi and Katie do a thing. It's like, all right, we'll be in touch. Let's send you home. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah, <laughs> and then not just Katie and Shang Chi, but Wong the god. joins their revelry. The yes. party god Wong, right? <laughs> the, the god, god. the god. 
They need that to release. That was a complete blindside, but it was bro, amazing. Release lo- the Wong cut, bro. Yes. We need that. <laughs> yes. I am loving the character of Wong and where they're taking him. Yo, because Wong. He is just, he is just too awesome, right? He is godly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... Um, we get that, but then we get the other the other end credit scene, which shows the sister kind of taking over the Ten Rings. Now, um, her the implication during the movie was that she was going to go and clean up the thing and kind of like the power and you know take apart the Ten Ring organization. Yeah. But instead, we see her kind of co-opted instead, right? Yeah. She kind of takes over. Do you get the sense that maybe? She is going to be a villainous no, going forward? I don't think so. Be- and the only reason I say this is because, remember, um, at the very beginning, you know, she mentioned that if... I, I can't remember the exact words, but if I wasn't going to be given the thing, then I'm going to build it myself. And there was a lot of, a lot of yeah. resentment and not hatred, but there was definitely a thing with her and Shang because he left her and she had to grow up on herself by herself because she ran away. And obviously she kind of fell in with like the bad crowd in a sense. Yeah. It did. It wasn't. Yeah. Implied. I don't think it wasn't implied so. at she all. So are they building an army for Shang? I no no no. I think that she's gonna be an anti-hero because it wouldn't really make sense for, for her to be a hero. I mean, if if you're putting yourself in her mindset, she wasn't really given anything to work off of. Right. So you, if you're if you have to build everything on your own, and you already don't trust anybody because you had your father abandon you, um, as Res- well as your brother, resented also by the father. Yeah. Right. Well, that that's was, uh, that's that was when, another thing yeah. too. It really wouldn't make sense for her to be good. I would say that it's leaning more towards bad, mainly because, like I said, she doesn't have anybody to trust. I mean, she's building an empire solely for herself. Okay, but that not for anybody else. That doesn't necessarily have to be bad. The Fight Club on its own, maybe it wasn't purely good, but it's not like she was running up to people's stores and asking for like a, a protection payment or something. It, it's interesting the way they framed that that scene because it was vague, very, very vague, right? We didn't get a sense of what exactly she's trying to accomplish. So um, all we know is that instead of dismantling the Ten Rings, right, she's kind of continuing in that thing. And the weird thing is the way that she sat on that throne. Yeah, that especially. So... It, it's but like I said, the entire scene was vague, so it can go either way. To be honest, you know. But you know what? Like you said, I I really want to throw it back to that point where you the way she sat on that throne, that that, that, that felt was like a power hungry. Yeah, you know the way the her mannerisms there was like that. Was, yeah, I I've I I like this seat. I like this yeah. seat. And you know what? It's okay. funny because they they uh in like previously in the movie they showed what's his name, uh the father doing the exact same motion, mm-hmm. and that just shows like I think it's that sort of relationship where it's what you resent is what you're gonna become, and it's sort of in that sense because if you think about it, the father wasn't necessarily bad; he had good intentions, for the most part. 
especially but, especially in this in this part, but because before he was bad. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah but, but but what he was doing now, you can kind of empathize with what he was doing. Yeah, you know, he thought that he was bringing back his wife. He really, really loved his wife. He thought he was doing the right thing, and it turns out that he wasn't. And ultimately, he gave his life, you know, to yeah. protect his kids. In a sense, right? So she could be following the same footsteps, except she's going to try not to make the same mistakes that he does. Right. Yeah. All right. Anti-hero. So, again, that scene was probably intentionally left to be very vague. Yeah. Right? Um, let's get to the end of it. Did we love the movie? I think we already know the answer. It's a resounding to yes. You don't, I don't even need to answer it. You guys know. I want to go watch it again. Yes, so do I. That's, this is a movie that I think I'd, I'd want to watch like three or four times. Oh, my at God. Least. I can't wait for the next uh, Shang-Chi movie. The Ten Rings. Um, And, bro, that leaves a lot of speculation. Not just for Shang-Chi, but for the rest of the Marvel Universe. Like, bro, you had, what's his name? The Dark Dweller? Mm-hmm. What about Dweller the rest of them? The Dweller of Darkness? What about the rest of them? You have the Fear Lords to work with. Right, exactly. Which, oh my gosh. Um, the Dweller in Darkness brings Nightmare. Yeah, and by the way... they're part of He's part of that group, the Fear it's, Gods. It's, the Fear oh, Lords. it's also okay. weird because they had um, one of the... I think it was Nox or Pyra, Pyra or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was in Cloak and Dagger, the show, which I don't know if you guys remember. I never finished that. I know, oh, I man. started watching that. Apparently, it's non-canonical. I just searched canonical. it up. Canonical, yeah. non-canonical, but bro, the Fear Lords, and you also have Fang awesome. Fang Foom to worry about. You're setting up Doctor Strange and and this yeah. whole magical universe because, that they're going to have to fight. Because so. the Fear Lords are well, especially uh, the Dweller of Darkness. He is a Doctor Strange, main not mainly Doctor Strange, but it's like a more obscure. Uh, Doctor Strange enemy. So, bro. you got Fin Fang Foom, Fear Gods, Scarlet Witch, potentially. Yeah. And even freaking Kang. Oh, my God. That bodes well for the oh next phase, God. right? Yeah. Because before it was just Thanos. Now we have multiple threats. What That's if going to be very, very interesting. Technically, there's one more. Yeah, I know. What if, we're, you we're have, there. what if you have the Eternals and the Fear Lords? I mean, that's it. I don't know much about the, the Eternals, but it's like... Well, the, uh, I don't know much about the Deviants, so you know what? I can't speak on What that. are the Deviants? Well, the, Thanos is supposed to be a Deviant, but apparently um, with the Eternals movies, they've kind of, like, backed him out of that role, you know? Um, hey, listen, we'll see. I'm, I'm thoroughly excited about this new phase. Bro. And I, I definitely love this movie, so, you know. Hell there it is. Yeah. I think everybody should go out and watch this movie because it is awesome. Yep, definitely. All right. On that note, we're going to end this show. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. And we'll be back next Tuesday with another exciting episode. So until then, I'm Walt. I am Groot. Oh, shoot. Captain, Captain, Captain Eli. Eli. No, no, no. Eli in Darkness. The Dweller of Eli. Oh, yes. No, the Dweller what? of Eli. Yes, that, that is it. That makes no sense. That totally makes sense. Let's, con- let's end this. Let's end this. All right. 
Later, people. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Yo, bro, what are you doing? May our 10 rings. No, may our 5 rings. Because if you have two paths, they cross again. But then they would be hitting each other. So, technically speaking. May our 5 rings become 10 rings and they cross paths. But that doesn't make sense because now you have two 10 rings crossing paths. I don't know. That's crazy. May our fear lords and our fang fang fooms cause paths. Yes, they need to work together. Definitely. That's why you have the new Shatari. Alright. Sounds good. Later, people.